This is Melina, and you're listening to Smash That Podcast. Mm. <laughs> All right, everybody, it's Badass Billy Gunn, WWE Hall of Famer, and now your new AEW producer. You're listening to Smash the Mat Podcast, and if you're not down with that, we got two words for you. Suck it. The Smash the Mat Podcast with your hosts, G-Money, J-5, DB, and Mr. Magnificent. Yo, what is great in the state? It is Ugly's Brother Radio G-Money. And, of course, it is one half of the sexiest tag team in all of North Carolina. Team Sexy, Mr. Magnificent. It is your boy, Jay Fizzle, J5. It's me. Wait. I'm live. I, I started off with the wrong name. Like, oh, I'm, I'm not the Ugly's Brother Radio no more when I'm, when I'm wrestling, when we're doing <laughs> wrestling stuff. It's the radio rock star. I, I'm sorry. It's okay. We're good, though. It's all good. <laughs> but, I'm but still getting great, used to it. But check this out. I just want to let you know, Ken, I'm coming back. I'm, I'm about to get take my second uh, slot back because, you know, you came in third. I know I've been <laughs> gone and everything, but you ain't taking my second slot. You know what I'm saying? I just want to let you know that. Oh, yeah. It is, it is yours to have. Yeah, he's back now. But look, <laughs> welcome to another episode of Smash the Mat. You already know how it goes down. And we are, we are blessed with the mm-hmm. presence of one of the most charismatic individuals that's ever stepped in a wrestling ring, who's ever stepped in a wrestling arena. His name is Caprice Coleman in the building. In the building. It's the show-stopping, crowd-popping, body-rocking, pulse-pounding, heart-racer, the handsome face, heartbreaker, the male, the star, the grace, the shape. And this pretty face. What's happening, people? Yo. What's going on, brother? I wasn't even going to try to do that, you know? I, I heard it, and I was like, mm, I'm going to let him do that. You know what I'm saying? How you doing, my brother? How you living? Ah, uh, man, I can't complain with everything going on, man. It's still all good. It's still all good. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So you've been in the game for how long now? You've been in the game for a while. Oh, man, 20-something years, probably 22 years now, 22, 23 years. And you've yeah, been... Man, I, I, man, hold up, I'm about, hold on, bro, I started when I'm 18, I'm 42 now, so yeah, 24 42. years. 24 years. Wait, wow. he said he, he said he 42? 42, look, bro. Look, you look way younger than Ken. Shut <laughs> up. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Oh, hey, look. That, that bus came quick. That bus came quick. He just threw you under. And open the door. Right, yeah. You know what they say. <laughs> Black don't crack nah, unless man, you want God, it, baby. God, God you know good, what I'm saying? Man. Yeah, that's good stuff. Look, that's when you stay in the gym, like, man. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like the fountain of youth is uh, spirituality, health, and fitness, man. I, I really believe that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And look, even though y'all can't see him, we can see him. And he's got like the freshest, the freshest box fade out right now. Like, I feel like yeah, his, his I, I feel like we in house than, party two or something, man. Yeah, his, his box fade you know, was fresher than plays was. For that, real. S- salute, I, I right. Try, I try to hit that Big Daddy Kane Jones for uh, you know, he... <laughs> Ain't no half step. Like he should have been in juice with Tupac. Yo. <laughs> legit. <laughs> <laughs> Killing it right now, man. So, so yeah. for those that don't know, Mr. Coleman, not only is he an accomplished wrestler, but he's also a commentator 
for a ring of honor. And first of all, let me ask you, how did you make the trend? Like, what came about to make the transition for you from wrestler to commentator? Bro, I ain't gonna lie to you. I don't know. You know, that's just the way. Um, I'm just, I'm just gonna be honest. The way God worked things out, man. I was wrestling there, and I was part of the tag team for a while, and then Cedric went on. And I went singles for a while, then I was part of a faction, and then uh, the faction broke up. And after the faction broke up. We all kind of went our separate ways, and they gave me like a talk show. Yes, I was going to bring um, that up. Through yeah. all of that, yeah, and and through all of that, like in every in every aspect that I've been in in wrestling, I've always, I, I guess, been some type of a mouthpiece, you know. And so, I would go during feuds. I would do commentary against the people we're feuding against, or whatever like that. And they kept saying, "You got a knack for this," you know. I was like, "All right, cool," you know. I just, I just thought, you know, because I grew because I'm a preacher and in church and all, you know, I'm kind of used to speaking. And so it, I didn't know how much of a big deal it was, you know, and then they would put me on commentary. Um, Colt Cabana was color commentary um, before I was, and, and he was kind of, he was there sometimes and sometimes he wasn't. And so when he wasn't there, they would have other people to kind of fill in his place and they, they would put me there and then eventually it just kind of left me there. You know, and then when Colt Cabana could make it, it would be like a three-man crew. And then um, when his contract was up, he didn't resign. And so, boom, you know, that, that's kind of how it fell in place. And um, I don't know, man. I, I, I can't say I'm the, I'm the best, and that's how I got there, man. It's the door opened up, and, and I do have a passion for it. I, I love commentary um, because I feel like basically, like, wrestling is a story that needs to be told, man. And, like... Uh, if you don't have the right people there to tell the story, you know, somebody can be turning on to that, uh, that, that federation or whatever that organization is, and they can be turned off or turned on by, by what's going on. And I also feel that, you know, commentary is the conscience uh, of pro wrestling. You know, when, when you're watching pro wrestling, um, whatever the commentator says, that's like, it's just like your conscience. Your conscience tells you what's right and wrong. It's up to you whether you do it or not. Right. You know what I'm saying? And if your conscience is telling you, oh, this guy's okay, and he's all right, or he needs to work on this and work on that, then in your head, you're going to try to find out, you know, why is this guy not great, you know? And so I feel like uh, it's my job to paint the picture of uh, professional wrestling with my company and paint these guys for what they are, you know? And and that's kind of what I've been doing, and a lot of guys, they realize that, and and um, I take it to heart, man. I remember wrestling many years, and I go back and watch the match, and the commentators are talking about other things, you know what I mean? Right. And um, and there have been times where I go back and watch a match that I've been injured on, and then uh, I go back and watch it, and the commentators are talking about something else, and I'm injured. Like, right, you know, right, like, right. I, I, I get, I'm like, what what part of the match did I get injured on, and what did the commentators say? And they're talking about something, you know, way off the wall or something, you know? And so I, mm-hmm. that was always something that kind of sat in the back of my head, and then I was like, man, if, you know, if I ever had that... Uh, opportunity i would make sure that i paint the picture and focus on on the wrestlers and that's it's kind of what i do okay that's awesome man okay so because like uh myself and mr magnificent and and j5 at times like not only do we talk wrestling when we're on the podcast but we actually we go to indie promotions and we set up and we do commentary for the shows you know, just uh-huh. to, just to get ourselves into it, and we're actually doing commentary for we're doing commentary full time 
for um for our for Ring Wars Carolina right now. And Okay. Yeah. So, I rock with Ring Wars. Oh yeah. <laughs> Oh, oh yeah, yeah. It, me and Eddie go way back. Oh, that's what's up. Oh yeah. man, oh man, we gotta get you back. We gotta get you back. Yeah, <laughs> we gotta sure. get you back. So yeah. I, I like um. So most of the time, I do play by play, and and Ken here, he does, he does color. So yeah. Um, what advice? I know you haven't heard anything, but what advice would you give to up and coming guys trying to do commentary? Like, what would you? I, I would. I would. Just kind of what I said, but if like you're doing it, man, put the wrestlers over. And, and like a lot of times, people get in the color, uh, the color position or whatever, and they feel like it's their job to cut promos or to talk about how good they are and what they would do and who they are and why they aren't in the ring and what they could beat this guy or they could do that. And, and the show kind of becomes about the, the color commentator. But like if you make it about the star and you do a good job, if you think about it, you have more time than everybody else on the whole show to talk. Right. If you do a good job, if you do a good job, you're putting yourself over. But if you keep putting yourself over after a while, the person is listening is like, okay, this he guy likes himself. himself. Yeah. He's, he's talking about himself, you know? And so, and it's also, it kind of pushes everybody else down because it's like, well, if this guy's so great, why is he talking and everybody else wrestling? You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. so it's, 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 I think it's the color's job to, to put over the people in the ring. Why is this person in the ring? You know, why is he a good athlete? What makes him different than everybody else? You know, what's something about his character traits that you might not be able to tell by, by what's going on there? How do you tie this story in together? What moves are going on? How would you feel if he was in that position? You know, how does that move feel? Uh, why did he switch from this move to that move? And what anger is behind this? And what, you know, you painting the picture of the match, but a lot of, uh, I know a lot of color commentators there, they're like, Oh, that wouldn't have happened to me. I would have did this and I would have did that. Look at him. And they try to, you know, they're, they're cracking on the wrestlers and they're making fun of them. Then mm. it's like, okay, well, if you're making fun of the wrestlers, why are they wrestlers? I can make fun of them, you know? Mm. Uh, and so that, that's what I would say, man. It's like, if you're doing it, man, take it serious and do it to put the people that are there over, you know, like make them look good, Point, paint the picture for them, you know? And if you paint that picture for them, the wrestlers will appreciate it. The people that are paying you to be there appreciate it, and then like you appreciate it because it makes that whole organization look better. Uh, and I can give you an example. Um, uh, I guess everybody's a fan of five dollar wrestling. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Uh, what's the difference between five dollar wrestling and everything else? You know, five dollar wrestling they're they're made to be comedic. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But a lot of people take to take the five dollar wrestling aspect and they use it in commentary on their own thing. And it's like, okay, you're taking something that's meant to be comedic and meant to be taken less seriously. And you're putting it in a serious atmosphere. So it makes somebody that's in a serious atmosphere, take what you're, what you're doing less serious. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. That's, that's it. it. That's it. That's what's up. I appreciate if, all that. And if you're going to do it, man, like do it, like go all out with it. Like listen to other people, man. Like, uh, there's some great color commentators, man. Everybody, hates on Jim Cornette, but I don't know a better color commentator than Jim than Jim Cornette, man. He's he's probably the most wittiest person I know that can just pull stuff out the hat, man. And like the way he's able to like compare things and and I'd be like, did he just say that? Like really? <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's cost him a job for a time or two. Yeah. So that I mean that's yeah, just that's the way he is, is you know? <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is all good. Now my bad, Jay. Now, now, Jay, I know you had something you wanted to say. 
<laughs> I cut them Yo. off like eight times. <laughs> Yo, well, no, I really didn't have nothing I wanted to say. I just, you know, I was, ta- I was actually commenting on a lot of the things that he was saying and whatnot. You know, I, you know me, I'm, I'm actually the newest one coming into this commentating thing. So for me, it's a little bit harder because I haven't been on. I've only I've only done it one time, and that was before I went overseas and stuff like that. And two, let me say this before I started my the rest of my statement. I appreciate what you do, brother. All everything that you're doing and everything, as far as outside of wrestling and everything, is being a preacher and stuff like that. That's is actually inspiring and stuff. So I just wanted to give you cool. kudos for that, you know. And um, but as far as the wrestling stuff is concerned, I I. Your 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 everything that I've seen that you've done has been hilarious to me. It is, I, and I really appreciate it because I I pick on Ken all the time. If you if you ever listen to the show, I pick on Ken more than anything. But your stuff like that, um, like the match you did with uh, Jay Lethal, and you had the uh, yeah. See, you already know where I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> you already know where I'm going. That Are you guy, talking about the the John Tucker show? Man, yeah, I think mean, that we. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we were. It was a house show, okay. And so a house show is like never makes. It's, as if it's just a house show. It's like mm-hmm. the TV taping. It's like the day after whatever you're in the town and it's no. It's really no cameras. Just like home video type stuff. And um, I had made up that song in the back, and I was just playing around in the dressing room with it, and everybody was like singing it. They was like, "Dude, you need to do it." I was like, "I'm not doing that." It was like it's a house show. You do whatever you want right. to do. And I was like. It was a house show, so I just did it. The house show didn't kind of over. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, we were just, like, we were just, it was, it was kind, it was kind of a house show joke. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, because a house is like a lot of things happen at house shows that you can't do on camera. You know what I'm saying? It's right. kind of like right. just everybody having fun, man. Uh, and we were in the back singing the jive turkey shuffle, and it was like, bro, you got to do that out there. <laughs> That is that and, uh, was that's, that's the only time I did that. Oh the yeah, oh word. <laughs> yeah, that's the only only time, man. I did, yeah. yeah, I left that. that I left fire. that where it was. Yeah. I felt like my man. Uh, what's my man? Uh, Slick. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. The oh yes. Uh, the the manager. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. Had a, yeah, he said, uh, "What's that song he had?" Um, Jive so bro, jive so bro. Yeah, Y'all yeah, have to yeah. know for that. <laughs> when you won't go out with your friends, it's hey. jive so bro, oh. jive so bro. You're never gonna make it to the E. <laughs> Yo, so, so I just I just have a question for you right now because uh, I'm getting ready to start training to be a wrestler and everything. I just want to take your job, the job circuit shuffle from you. That's all. I just want to borrow it from you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you could do it, man, people get like people people get big up about like stealing moves and all that type of stuff, man. Uh, I believe if it's done in the fact of, of appreciation, of course, you know, if it's if it's done in love, man, it's all good. You know what I'm saying? Uh, if it's kind of like I made this up, you know, everybody I made this up type thing. Then it is still them, but if you're doing that appreciation and like like you do, you just ask, man. Like it's funny, man. Like it, it's funny, man. And like if that's what you getting over, uh, we man, we was at a house show. <laughs> Another house show. <laughs> I get it. Uh, yeah, man, it was fun, man. Uh, we had a good time, good match. You know, it was uh, it was just fun, man. You know, and that's awesome. a lot of times that. And to be honest with you, a lot of 
good things are invented on house shows. I mean, even like the People's Elbow right. and stuff like that. That that was start that started out as a joke on house shows, you know, and look what it turned into. Right. You know, so it, it was it was something uh trying to make they was trying to make the Undertaker crack, you know, and uh mm-hmm. just a little thing. It's, yep. it's just a little the same stuff. It, a lot of the same stuff happens in every every company. Right. You know, you got yeah. house shows and and there's like little things that somebody's trying to do to make somebody break character or make somebody do this because, you know, it's a house show. <laughs> right, right. It don't count. So, yeah. House show. Yeah. yeah. So I want to uh, talk to you about Coleman's Pulpit, man. Okay. Coleman's Pulpit, first off, first off, like, your, your facial expressions are, like, every show. Like, it is <laughs> every single one, man. Yeah, ratings. <laughs> yes, indeed. How did that come about? Like, I know, I know, it had something to do because because you're a preacher. But how did you? How did that come about? Well, when when the rebellion split, when they split rebellion up, um, they already knew they were going to give me a talk show. Uh-huh. And um, I think the main thing with the rebellion was they. Uh, well, I ain't gonna get get too much in that, but but Kenny was really taken off, and they really wanted to do some things with Kenny while he was hot. You know, and everybody got it. It was like, man, take the rocket while it's hot, you know? And so um, they said, well, we're going to do this with Rhett. We're going to do this with Shane. We're going to do this with Kenny. And Coleman, we got an idea for you or whatever. They said, we want to give you a talk show where you interview the wrestlers and you're basically like, you know, bringing out their character uh, and stuff like that to to the audience and kind of, you know, showing, showing their personalities and all. And they said, we want you to kind of, be the brainchild behind it and come up with a name and the first thing popped in my head was like piper's pit right you know and uh and so i was like piper's pit caprice coleman preacher pulpit coleman's pulpit you know and and then like it just just kind of went out went out from there uh and then the interviews man the interviews are so fun and the only reason why it stopped is because we changed the way we were doing um, videoing and pre-tapes, you know, because a lot of that stuff was done during pre-tapes and we would fly in a day early and do the pre-tapes and all that, but then it changed where, you know, uh, they didn't do pre-tapes the day before. They kind of did everything. You fly in the day before rest and then do the show. Uh, and so they, they had changed production, but things are things are changing back. And so you, you might see the pulpit again, but the great thing about the pulpit is that um, everybody had a little input in it, you know, the, the guys that I were interviewing, we would talk and we would, you know, kind of just like y'all asked me, like before, it was like, is there anything you want to talk about? Don't want to talk about, uh, just like that. And they just like, nah, you know, like, cause it's, it's fun that way. If you ain't, right. if you're a character and you bring it out, man, it's fun that way. And we'd go there and kind of shoot ideas back and forth, what we think would really bring that character out. And, um, and then once we hit go, it's on, you know? And uh, it, it, it amazed me because a lot of the guys I interviewed, they was like, man, what if we do this? What if we do that? That and this. And I was like, yeah, you know, and um, and then I'll put my little sauce in it or whatever. And then uh, my reactions, like they actually like we would do the interview and I would do reactions. And it got to the point to where there was like, OK, Caprice, we need to do this reaction again. So they would get like uh, different shots of my reactions to put them in or whatever. Right, because they right, was like, yeah. Because it was. Yeah. So that it was pretty much one of the bigger deals or whatever. It was like, okay, when they said so and so, so and so, you made this face. Can you make that face in a this camera this time? And this, you know, 
And so, yeah, I liked it, man. It's kind of, it's, it's crazy because you just never know. When, when people think about wrestling, you know, they think about the ring and, and all, and then people be like, oh, man, you still in the ring? Yeah, I still wrestle, you know. I still stay in shape for it. Um, I do, I still, I go overseas for that belt back there. It's from Qatar, ah. you know, um, or whatever. Oh, oh yeah, like, I've been there. That's, that's yeah, dope. yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and so, like, I still, I'm still active, but, like, being versatile is what pays the bills. You know what I'm saying? Because you can go out there and be a, a one-trick pony and you're wrestling, but then if you get injured, then what are you going to do? You know, and especially, like, you know, people like us, you, you have to be able to say, why am I here and you're not? You know, and so you kind of, you show all the gifts you have, and I've been blessed to be in a position to where, you know, being in a sport 20-something years, you pick up things along the way. And um, I've learned a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of this, to where they call me like the Swiss Army knife of pro wrestling. You know, they said I, they kind of put me wherever they need to put me at, and they know it's going to work. And um, I appreciate that, but I know it's, it's from, in a way, like knowing who you are, embracing it, and not being afraid to learn other parts of the business. You know what I mean? And um, I guess that's my advice for everybody. If you're going to do something, man, learn as much about it as you can. Because if you're going to be a football player, you're not going to be a football player for the rest of your life. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Same thing with basketball, baseball, and all that stuff. But you got guys like Barkley and Shaq, you know, that, that can go off front stand and go straight to the other because of those gifts. And um, that's where longevity comes in. Like now, can you dope. can you, you talked about uh, learning? Can you kind of take us back a little bit to where you started training, uh, the process, kind of kind of where you started at to how you got to where you're at now? Oh man, that's a long story, bro. You got snippets. <laughs> um, we got time. Shy, <laughs> uh, <laughs> bro. Uh, nah, I started, man. I was, uh, I guess, 18. Um, and these guys were, I saw these guys wrestling like at the armory type thing. And um, it was the Hardy Boys. Aww. And and they had signs. Of, they did, It was a sign that they was going to be wrestling at the armory or something. And I saw one of the guys putting up a sign, like he was putting a sign on a, on like a storefront. Back, back in the day when you could go to the town and you see the wrestling signs put up. Mm -hmm. You know, this is like, it's like 95, 1995 is when I started. And then, uh. So I went there and I mean, I asked him, like, what was he doing? He was like, hey, we got a wrestling show going on. He just invited me to it. I said, well, I want to wrestle. You know, and he kind of laughed because at that time I probably weighed like 125 pounds. I just graduated <laughs> from high school. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I wrestled all the way through high school, though. So he was like, yeah, if you want to wrestle or whatever, just he told me where they trained at. And this was a guy named Commando. I have no idea what this guy is doing now. Um, but he told me where they trained at or whatever. And um, I went there. And that's where I met, like, Matt and Jeff, and it was Tracy, and Jason Art, and uh, Champagne, and Shannon Moore, and all, all those guys were there, but they weren't stars yet, you know what I mean? And they had, like, a little backyard organization. At that time, it was, like, New Frontier Wrestling Alliance or something like that, uh, or maybe it was East Coast Championship Wrestling. Then it went to New Frontier wrestling alliance and then matt had a dream that he i was there when he came the next day after he had the dream about omega and he was like we're gonna change the name to omega da, 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 or whatever but yeah <clears throat> training with them and i started out as a referee and i refereed for about a year uh and while i was refereeing man i was really like hitting the gym and working out 
or whatever. And I never was big, man. It's not like, you know, I got big. Um, but I guess I went from weighing like 125 pounds to like 160 pounds. And uh, I started wrestling with him. And um, I was Ice. It was like my, my name. Oh, and uh, yeah. And then I, I would go with them and wrestle. And then Matt and Jeff kind of went on <clears throat> when they got signed. But Shannon and I, Shannon, uh, Shane Helms, uh, Christian York, uh, Joey Matthews, they went, they were going to Tennessee and Georgia to like Wildside in Memphis, uh, in Memphis, Tennessee there. And so, uh, I kind of was trailing behind them because I had got injured and, um, uh, there's where I started at NWA Wildside. I don't know if you've heard about that, but it was, yep. mm-hmm. it's pretty big, like in the, in the late nineties, early two thousands, AJ Styles, Ron and Truth Killings. Um, a lot of guys came from that area. <clears throat> And I stayed there for years, man. And through there um, is where I got a lot of my WWE work from and all. And I would always do North Carolina bookings and stuff as well. And I never stopped training. Even when I was doing the stuff in, you know, NWA Wildside and all that, I actually was coming on, I think on Sundays, Sundays and Saturdays, we'd go to uh, near, it was like a ghost gym with a back door or something where Eddie, Mm-hmm. Uh, nice to get him around trained that and, and but then before he was training uh it was also a guy named timber uh that that was training too and so i would go it was kind of like i because they knew who i was and they knew who i trained with they kind of just let me you know come when i could or whatever and i tried to be faithful there man and i come and get stay fresh you know so i never stopped training um, even now I still go to wrestling practice right now. I train at high spots, you know, I train at high spots, I train at loadies or whatever. Uh, you just never stop learning, you know? Yeah. And then, then when you don't stop learning, uh, when you learn a lot, you know, you have to be able to pass it on to the next generation. So while I'm there, there are a lot of guys that are, you know, up and coming in the sport that I get to, you know, put hands on and teach them, uh, as well. So it's grooming and my son's kind of training a little bit. Oh, so, uh, that's what's up? Yeah, yeah, he, uh, he's doing his thing. So, yeah, man, passing it on. And so that's kind of how it happened, man. And those, uh, I think with NWA Wildside, uh, a lot of doors opened from there because it was it was more popular with organizations than it was with people, if that makes any sense, mm-hmm. because a lot of organizations would watch it and they would call you uh, from there or whatever and try to book you from that because they would watch your shows and want to bring you other places. So... From NWA Wildside, man, I, I really started flying different places, started with Christian Wrestling Federation uh, and all that. And that was a place that AJ Styles had went first. And it was like, hey, do you know any other Christian athletes? And he put in my name and uh, started going there. And it, it just kind of picked up from there. And then um, went overseas for a little while, moved to Kuwait. I did some contract work in Kuwait um, for three years. And I kind of gave up wrestling, man. I was kind of done with it because... I had a long stint to where WWE was bringing me in pretty regularly and I was thinking something was going to happen. And, and it was always like this person, that person, talk to this person, talk to that person. And it was bringing me in. And like, I was there like once a month, twice a month, you know, there was whenever they were close and uh, it just, it just never happened. You know, there's nobody to blame. Uh, you can, you can look for stuff, but like, it just is what it is, you know? So I kind of got frustrated because uh, nothing was happening. And then, my cousin came with me, came towards me with an opportunity to work overseas as a contractor uh, or whatever. And I took it kind of to get a break from pro wrestling. And I was, my body was kind of broke up too. 
my knees were bad, my back was bad. Uh, and so when I went over there, uh, I didn't wrestle for like a year. And then um, I was still in the gym. And then one day I woke up and I realized like I'm in great shape. My body's healed. I don't have any injuries anymore. My knees don't hurt anymore. My back doesn't hurt anymore. And um, I would go to the, I'm on an army base and working out and, and the soldiers are coming up to me asking for advice, like workout advice. I'm like, dang, you know, I must be all right. You know which, what I'm saying? Which, which, which base were you at? If you don't I was at Camp, uh, Camp Arif John. Yes, yeah. I just came Camp, from that. That's where I just came from. Okay, yeah. Camp Arif John. And uh, I, I worked in a PPSO, uh, Personal okay. Property Shipping Office. Okay. The logistics okay. there. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. And uh, so we was, we was, Arif John, we was over like Aliya Salim, Camp Bering, Camp Victory. KMB. KMB. Uh, well, I was with CSA. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, man. And so, uh, but while I was there, there, uh, I wanted to get wrestling. I wanted to start my own organization there because I was like, man, there's no pro wrestling there. And it was crazy because I had just, before I got to Kuwait, they, uh, my, when I got to Kuwait, Kuwait TV was kind of behind. So it was like six months behind or whatever like that. So when I got to Kuwait, my WWE stuff was playing oh, on, man. yeah. So I'll be walking down the street and they'd be like, I see you on WWE, <laughs> and I'll be like, like no, not me. Yeah, I know you. You don't win. I know you. Yeah, and so that was kind of like a thing there. And I, I tried to get wrestling, but like wrestling was illegal because of a thing I think Bader did there, where he kind of like slapped the, uh, the interviewer or something like that. So they banned wrestling. But then there was another guy. Um, which kind of how it works that had money that was trying to get wrestling there too. And with me trying to get in, get the wrestling there, they hooked me up with that guy. And that guy kind of did overseas shows and with our connection, uh, the man got, he lost one of his hamsters or something. It's like a turtle. <laughs> got a hamster on the loose or something. <laughs> The hamster caught the Holy Ghost. What is going on? <laughs> this dog got a squeeze toy. I'm trying. I'm trying to. Yo, I'm trying to mute our microphones, and every it's time I unmute it. Wherever. I'm scared of them. All the wheel. You got all the wheel. Ah. Oh, I'm dead. And so uh, that thing must have a personality. But anyway, um, we uh, we ended up linking up with each other and doing the first show. And then, you know, a lot of the guys there came from America and different other places. And I was able to, uh, I guess, because I knew Kuwait pretty good, when they got to Kuwait, I was able to kind of, like, show them around or whatever like that. And we just clicked. And he was like, man, he said, I don't know how I'm often I'm going to be doing these, but if you ever want to come back, let me know. And cause I was getting ready to move back to the States after that. And I've just been linked with those companies ever since. So when they're doing a show overseas, they, they bring me over. And, um, that's how I got linked up with that there. And then when I came back to the States, uh, Man, I don't know why you asked me this long question. That's that's <laughs> that's, that's what he That's do, why man. the handsome lo lost his patience. He was like, "Look, I'm gonna run that's... on this wheel and be right back." <laughs> this is the longest question ever. But doing. anyway, but it's uh, good information though. Seriously, it is, though. like, it is. You know, yeah. Like, so when yeah. I when I got back to the states, uh, I, I went back to NWA Wildside, and and it's crazy because I wasn't even there a month or so, 
and my phone started ringing, man. And like, you know, uh, WWE, TNA, and Ring of Honor called, and they just kind of wanted to see where I was at, what I was doing. But the funny thing is, uh, the other two organizations, once they heard my age, because I was like in my early 30s then, they was like, oh, you're 32. I was like, yeah. And they was like, oh, okay. And I can kind of hear the interest kind of die down. You know what I'm saying? And so uh, when Ring of Honor called, they said, hey, we just got this deal. Uh, we don't know how it's going to go through. And a lot of it was through Jim Cornette was talking to me at the time. and said, we're getting ready to be bought out by Sinclair Broadcast Network. And uh, if we get bought out by them, we're going to be able to hire, you know, some more guys and um, be able to pay them to wrestle to say, are you interested? Can you hold a full-time schedule? I was like, yeah, you know, and they, uh, they hired me and Cedric, man. And they, we were kind of like per appearance when we first started, but you know, as you, as we got on, things just kind of got better and better and better. And they never just like, they never went back on their word. And I, and I kind of thank God for them because, you know, during this time that happened, the pandemic, you know, everybody wants to go to WWE and, and everybody's like, when you, when you going to go to the big time and all that type of stuff, you know, at the big time, they laid off over a hundred people, Sure did. you know, but, but ring of honor, they paid us every month, man. They, whatever our deal was, they kept their word. That's cool. Uh, and all, and all the other companies did, did, did stuff too. They laid off people or didn't pay people for if they weren't doing shows, they weren't paying people, mm-hmm. you know, or they for, forced people to work during the COVID stuff. They, we didn't work from March all the way until um, we had a show last, last month Monday. where we did the, yeah. And that, uh, so we had all that time off and all we had to do was stuff they asked us to do media wise. And it was like, stay in shape, stay healthy, stay safe. So they really showed me that they cared about us. You know what I mean? And um, so I'm good, man. Like, people, oh, you're going to do this. We're going to make big time. We're going to do this, that, that. Like, I'm with a place to where I'm home with my family. I make decent money. I love to do, uh, I love what I'm doing. I love the people that I work with. You know, like, what else do I need? You know what I mean? And so, um, I'm straight, man. That's, That's man. how, I, I guess that answers the question. That was a long <laughs> that road. Was super long. That, look, the hamster sleep. The hamster <laughs> went to sleep on me. Long question number two. No, oh, man, hold up. <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh, Wait, can you? <laughs> But that no. that is a good point you brought up. I mean, a lot of people don't realize that just because you're not in WWE doesn't mean that you're not successful or that you're you're not big time, so to speak. Yeah, yeah man. I got friends that play basketball overseas, man. I'm oh, yeah. doing good. For real. Mm-hmm. For real. When are you going to make it to the NBA? Why? I'm Why? a star where I'm at. <laughs> right. Yeah, <man. laughs> like, like <laughs> Stephon Marbury, he, he's in, like, China or something mm-hmm. like that, making booty what, money. Yep. And, and, like, you, if you're a star in those places – it's crazy that when you broke, you got to pay for everything. And when you're a star, you like you eat for free. Yeah. Because so, right, right. it, it's, it's kind of like, oh, you know, you, we give you best deal. We give you best this and all this. And it's like, man, I like this. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I mean, and then when with the NBA, honestly, like so many great people. But you get, you know, but when you're working overseas or whatever like that, you're one of the greats. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's, it's, you know, it just is what it is, man. And they take care of you. You're in another country. You're having fun. You're their it's local just, celebrity. And, and here, here's the thing, too. Um, and I don't, I don't know what the next question is yet, but I guess I'm going to say it while it's on my head. For anybody that's, that's trying to do anything, don't be, a, don't be afraid to, to, to start little, you know, and don't be afraid to, like, work other stuff. Because for a long time, man, I did wrestling. I did personal training. 
Um, and I, I worked other jobs and all that stuff. And not one time was I like, well, you know, I'm just doing this until I make it big. You know what I'm saying? I'm just going to do this. Oh, this is just my little thing until I do that. No, you, you do your job. You do it. You know what I'm saying? Because you never, you never know who's watching you. You know what I'm saying? You never know who's paying attention to you. And, and it's even when you see these people that work at McDonald's and all that stuff, and you see the guy that's there, he get mad. Oh, this ain't nothing, man. You know what I'm saying? I'm just doing this until my record career pop off. <laughs> if it don't pop off for five years. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you got to you gotta put that work in. <laughs> and, and, and then if you put that you put that work in, you know what I'm saying, and you still working at McDonald's, that's part of Hey, I worked at McDonald's here, worked my way up. Boom, now McDonald's might be like, hey, you've been with us so long. Why don't we help you get to this next step? You see what I'm saying? And so mm-hmm. I guess I would say, if you're going to do it, man, you do it. And don't be afraid to tell people, you know, that you're working towards this and you're working towards that and you're still doing that. Because a lot of people, they only see success when it's big. You know what I'm saying? But there are a whole lot of people that are on TV shows every day that you wouldn't even recognize because they play not just the extra part, but they play like B-rolls. You know what I'm saying? They're not yep, the Eddie yep. Murphy. They're not the big stars or whatever like that. But if you looked at him, you'd be like, that guy's familiar. You won't even recognize who he is until he's gone. Oh, I saw him in that show. He's living good. Living a great life. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And, but, but, but our people are the ones like, but but I don't know. I ain't never heard of you. I ain't, yeah. you ain't, you ain't, I ain't, okay, my bills are paid. I swear. <laughs> I got good credit. I don't owe nobody <laughs> no money. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so man, it's uh, don't be afraid to start in those positions, man. And and when you at those positions, you give it 110, percent you know, because you never know who's watching. So that's it. Next question, yeah. Jay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want my question. Yeah. Even Look, he he's trying to get away. He's trying to get away from Ken asking that a, questions. That's what he's doing. Ken, like, Ken, 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 Ken keep asking all them Ken. all them super long questions. So, so, so I want to ask, I want to ask a question. So, okay. So you guys, you, you took the break, you took the, the six month break, uh, ring of honor. So, and now, now you guys are coming back and you're starting with the, the pure championship tournament. And I know that the pure championship was, it was unified with the ring of honor world championship. I think back in 2006, if I'm not mistaken, around okay. 2006, and I believe it was 14. But go ahead. Oh damn, yeah, 14. Jeez, <laughs> I'm way off. Well, I knew it was unified. I knew it was unified. Okay. You, hey, you good, bro? You, you know good. what I'm saying? It was unified. So, so what is bringing about the return of the championship? And and I know that the tournament is just starting. And I just saw. I saw. Matter of fact, it was. It came on TV the other night, and I I caught two promos. It was Matt Seidel, and it was Delirious. Uh, talking about the uh, the pure championship. So, yep. what does the pure championship mean to to the wrestlers of Ring of Honor, and why wh- why is it a, a big thing for us? Like, what is what is it? What's great? What makes it great? Not it's great because it's great timing. It's great wrestling. It's mm-hmm. great product, and it's different. You have a lot of you know you got different organizations now trying to find out what to do during COVID and they're trying their best to entertain fans with no fans there, you know? And so it's kind of hard. Sometimes it's hard to watch, you know, because you're like, what the crowd, you realize in a lot of places, the crowd is what makes it big, you know, what makes it great. And because, because it's entertainment, 
you know, and so you, and so because most people are fed by the crowd, it's the crowd reaction to where they know whether to cheer, whether to boo, whether to do this, whether to do that. And so when you take that away, it's like, uh, I used to like this guy, but you know, uh, you know what I'm saying? It really yeah. exposes the people. Mm-hmm. And what Ring of Honor has done, man, it, it, Ring of Honor has always, if I had to put them in a category, I would say that the WWE is like 75% entertainment, 25% wrestling. You know, and you would say Impact is like, I don't know, 65% entertainment, 45% wrestling or whatever. But Ring of Honor is like 75% wrestling, even 80% wrestling and 20% entertainment. You know what I'm saying? We have our entertainment sectors, but the foundation is wrestling. And and for a long time, <clears throat> I think it, a lot of people felt like it kind of got mixed to where they thought we were trying to compete to be the number one company. We, we never were. We were who we are. We are the number one wrestling alternative, you know, to where when you want to see the sport of wrestling, you turn to us. And so with this comeback, we was like, you know, we're going to take it back to where we started from, to wrestling great wrestling and and you can and when you have great wrestling you really don't need a crowd because you got two warriors in the ring doing what they need to do and it's a score system it's the, the car the stats the interviews and all it's a big player feel you know and um i believe the production everything has just changed and they revamped it and i believe um this comeback was was huge, man. It was it was it was bigger than LLs, you know. So you can call it a comeback because we gonna stay here for a while. And so, but like, um, <laughs> but like, you know, it, it, it just it just happened to work. You know what I'm saying? And um, but like, it works because it's wrestling, man. And like, there are a lot of guys. There's some guys on the roster that aren't in the pure tournament because you know their their style doesn't fit that. But that doesn't mean they don't work at Ring of Honor. It's just Ring of Honor is focusing on the pure title right now, and it's gonna. And the thing about the pure title is, you know, the question is, is this gonna be the new number one title, or is the world champion gonna be the number one title? Right. But it depends on who the champion is. You know what I'm saying? And, and so, um, man, I, I'm I'm stoked every week to watch this thing, uh, how it plays out, and, and what's going on because people are watching it, man. Every week we're trending. You know. Mm-hmm. We, Friday night, Saturday, and Sunday, and all, but we do a big watch party on Monday nights at 7. Uh, you watch it at 7 like on Fight TV or whatever apps you have, and uh, it's free, and you watch it, boom, and you kind of tweeting, uh, tweeting on Twitter or whatever with hashtag uh, peer, and, um, and all the wrestlers are tweeting at the same time, and so it's like the fans are able to talk to the wrestlers, and uh, it's just a good time, man, to see what's going on, and the pure sport, man, the athleticism, the the grit behind it, you know, it, it's, it's showing what, what pro wrestling that you fell in love with is really about. That's dope. That is dope. Yes. Taking it back to basics. Now, the real question is, Caprice, how do I get a contract with Ring of Honor? Can I just <laughs> oh drop your name and tell him I know you? You'd be like, yo, I know him. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> He's like, uh-uh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. That's all you got to do. No, uh, honestly, man, any, anybody that's trying to get uh, work anywhere, it's the same like anywhere. And the best advice I can give anybody is be your own commodity, you know, because, you know, if you come out and you come into an organization or whatever uh, and you say, I want to work here, they want to know who you are, you know, and, and if all of your 
tapes or like you're just doing regular matches and and the crowd is just responding to you regularly and you don't know who you are you're like well why do i want to bring you here because anybody that wants to hire you they want to hire you because you are an investment to them they want to see that they can make money off of you they want to see that there's people going to pay to see you or or you could be put in a position to for them to make money you know and so there, there's no like spot filler positions in pro wrestling you know what i mean and so <clears throat> and if they are you can see like in in and WWE, man, no jokers, they don't last long, mm-hmm. you know? And so and so, you have to put, what I tell other people, man, is make yourself a commodity, man. Go steal the show places. Not saying uh, don't do what you're supposed to do, but if you go there, if you're a character and you're solid with your character, you got a solid look, mm-hmm. don't be afraid to go out and, and, and to a place to where I could pull up, like Cedric Alexander, before he got signed, I would go places with him and I would see there would be people that come just to see him, you know, just to see him. And I'm not talking about his mom and dad and cousin and best friend and people that work on his job. You know what I'm saying? It's legit fans that are like, man, this guy is awesome. I got to come see him, you know? And, and I have my fans too, but I mean, I'm just being honest. I'm not going to sit here and say, man, everybody come. But like, are you a person that when people see you on a car, then they go out of their way to see you there, you know? And, um, and that's how people make their own commodity. And then when you see training seminars and all that, there's so many wrestlers that are too good to go to a seminar. Oh, I'm like, okay, but you want a job. Definitely. And there, there are literally millions of wrestlers out there now. And so you got these organizations, three or four organizations that are able to pay you a full-time job, but you don't want to go there because you think the you think this, this seminar is a work or whatever like that. You don't want to have to prove yourself. But that's the way people are hiring. You know, they got, this, like, we have our dojo now. You know, we hire through we hire through our camps, and you get signed to the dojo. You make it good in the dojo, you get put on TV. Right. You know, it's a system. You know what I mean? But but people want to skip the system when there's a system in place for a reason because a lot of times the system will expose who you really are. You know, because it's more about being, it's, 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 it's more than just being the, the greatest wrestler because you also have to be a professional. You also have to be, easy to work with you also have to be somebody that has resolved that when things get hard you're still going to stick with it you're still going to move through with it you you know you have to be approachable you know somebody that people want to work with and stuff like that and so if you can't go through those walls you're already showing you got an attitude who wants to work with somebody got an attitude Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and so uh things are in place for a reason so Man, you got some long questions. I know. That's, that's <laughs> him, man. Spe- speaking that's, that's of the, the Ring of Honor dojo, send a shout-out to the future of honor, uh, Flex Simmons, yeah. the greatest physique in professional wrestling. Uh, Flex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's my buddy, man. I'm proud of him, man. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And, 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 and think about Flex. Like, like, with Flex, you know, if you look at him, he doesn't have a, he doesn't have a great physique or anything like that, and he might not be the, the, the greatest, like, draw or whatever like that but he came to a seminar and he put in the work and he was solid and he had a solid look and people looked at him like okay we could do something with this guy and he ended up getting work you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. but then there's there's 10 or 12 other guys that they're too good to come out there and they don't get the opportunity you know what i'm saying and it's, it's kudos for him because the door was open we were looking for people to put in the dojo he walked in there he showed that he was teachable you know he got that military background he, he's working, he's worked hard, and he, hey, I ain't got nothing bad to say about my man. You know what I'm saying? But, like, you can hate if you want to, but, like, 
it's, it's that's what it boils down to. Even now, I mean, I'm, I'm make some people mad with this. You know, you live in a country to where you can literally do anything you want to do, and everybody on the outside of the country sees that, except for the people that live inside of that country. You know what I'm saying? You got people from the out, outside the country that's like, man, all I got to do is come to this country and go to school, and I can open up my own business. I could buy land. I could buy this, and I could buy that. But we sit in the country like, man, I can't do nothing here because so-and-so holding me down. Mm, you got to do it, man. That's real. You just got to yeah. do it. You got to do it. You know, ain't nobody going to do it for you. You got to do it. You know what I'm saying? If you put your you put your put all these candles in other people's hands, you can't even light your own fire. You know what I'm saying? You got to have enough to light your own fire. And so, I don't know. That's that's it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to jump off that, that tangent because I'm going to have to take up an offering plate. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Yeah. But you on a you on a roll, Ken. Oh, <laughs> your turn, tag. <laughs> yes, indeed. So, so you've been so you've been now. Let's. I want to since you you started there. I wanted the next question is going to be somewhere around there. Um, so, you've been in wrestling about twenty four years, man, and. Talk about your your journey as not just a wrestler but a black man wrestling. You know, saying the 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 trials and tribulations or like the the racism, all that like things you have to to deal with or you've seen. You know, because yeah. we know it's out there. Like we don't hear about it yeah. too much, but it's, we know it's out there. Well, know? here's the thing about pro wrestling and, and, and the black race, man. It's like the sport wasn't made for us. That's period. You know, uh, this this country wasn't made for us. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. Period. You know, and so if you think about it, you know, dang, I'm making y'all gonna get me in trouble, man. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if you think about like if you think about you know America, man, America has proven that you know we were brought over this land as property, and so any right that we've been given. Is basically given right to property that you own. So think about that. You know what I'm saying? They give it begrudgingly because it's like, man, you know, how these cows get rights? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I, this 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 cow's depressed now. I can't even milk him anymore. You know what I'm saying? I, <laughs> but that that's America when you think yeah. about it, man. The way we were brought over here as slaves, we were brought over here as property, and then I, and then we became smart enough to get our own, you know, uh, to speak for ourselves and, and to become free and all that. But you know, we're in a country that looks at us like, you know, not too long ago you were property. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. so, uh, and so, the same thing. I hate to say it, but like. The same thing kind of with pro wrestling. The sport wasn't made for us, but then it got to the point to where it's like, hey, you know, uh, we let one or two in, you know, make them the ultimate underdog or whatever, and it's great. And so then when we came into the sport, it was, you know, you got that one black guy. You know, you got that one black and guy. And we the and, and I, the, the, you had the token or whatever, but, like, when I was growing up, my one black guy was Rocky King. You know, and, mm-hmm. and Rocky King, he, he never won a match, but, man, he always would come close. You know, and then one time he beat, like, Mr. Wrestling number two or something like that, or one of the Russian, uh, like, one of the masked Russians. It was like a masked dude. Not Man, that was like WrestleMania to me, man. When Rocky <laughs> King, 
that Joker won with a sunset flip, and he could have won the world title, man. Right. And, and uh, now I remember that when I was a kid, and as I got older, it was like you know Ron Simmons came, and then Ron Simmons won the world title, and the represent representation started to get bigger, you know. Um, but but for a while, we it was a category to where um, there was only enough room on the roster for a big black guy and a very popular black guy. You know what I mean? And and it got to the point to where that that's the racism there, but then the racism will also come with each other because, you know, you look at a black guy coming to your organization that has a nice build or whatever like that, and then it's kind of like y'all looking at each other like you're the competition instead of looking at each other like how can we help each other, you know? So it was kind of like, a you know, a double a double wall there. <clears throat> and then the way storylines are written, you know, I, I think a lot of, with a lot of the things that are going on, uh, we've shown uh, that I think one of the answers to like creative and pro wrestling is to have people of color on the creative teams because mm -hmm. the stories are not wrote for us. You know what I'm saying? And the only way that people that look like us are able to become popular or able to become mainstream is if they overcome the odds and take what they're given and, and blow it up. And that's not always easy. You know, everybody's not Kofi Kingston and, 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 uh, and, uh, man, Biggie Langston, right, you know right. what I'm saying? They were taking something that was given to them as a joke and, and they, and they killed it. Right. You know what I'm saying? They made it big. And so did I just hear that hamster bark? <laughs> anyway, and so, and so, and so, you know, with, with pro wrestling, man, that's just the way it's been. This, this sport was not made for us. We, uh, it, it was, <laughs> it, man, if you, if you think about it, 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 it <laughs> you can almost say we, we took over all the other sports, so they took a sport to be like, look, we're going to be great this sport. <laughs> right. right. This is the sport we're going to be good at. We're going to be good because we're going to write it. Yeah, we <laughs> Nobody can change that. Nobody gonna change that. It's all us. It's the only sport where we're the underdog. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just is what it is, man. You know, and um, but I do believe, and I can honestly say that times are changing, and and I can say that to the aspect if you look at even WWE now. There's a lot of African-Americans there, a lot of black representation there, even though people say, oh, this, that, and the third. But that goes to show that, you know, the world is changing. And where you can miss it at, where you can miss it at is, is to have an old mentality in a new world. Because if you have an old mentality in a new world, you can miss out what's going on uh, and, and your ship pass you by because you, you still have that old mentality. And you think, oh, this is the way things are. This is the way things are going to be. And this is the way it's going to be forever. Uh, and you're missing the boat. Because, you know, it's shown if you put that work in and you got that grind and you got that resolve and you got that that look, you can make it. You know what I'm saying? You, you just have to you, you just have to get it. Or you can put in that or you can put on the head, all oh, the man is going to do this. All the man is going to do that. I don't even know the man. Who's the man? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. I'm the man, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? And so and so if you look for the excuses, they're going to be there. You're going to find them every time. But if you look for that way to make it, you know what I'm saying, you can find that too, man. And it all comes in your grind and how you're going to push it out and how you're going to work with it. You know what I'm saying? And so I really believe that, you know, there is a lot of racism around still in this country. 
uh, in this sport and, and all that stuff. But I also feel like we're in a country to where you could you could really be whatever you want to be. And we might have to jump over more hoops and we might have to jump over all that. But I'd rather be a 16-year-old uh, that gets a hoopie first and then gets a nice car than to be that 16-year-old that gets a brand new car and wreck it first. You know what I'm saying? Because right, he right. don't realize what sure. he has. You know what I'm saying? And so when you take that work, my um my 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 brother's first car cost $150. <clears throat> oh. It was a Toyota Corolla. It was like a 1983 or something Toyota Corolla. It was brown cool. and rusted. It was so rusted that the floor was rusted out. Oh, if man. you lift it up, if you lift it up the carpet, you can see the road when you drive. Oh man. Oh, wow. no. <laughs> You don't want to put your feet down there. Flintstones cartoon, bro. You gonna be a nerve stone. That's what you gonna be. Nerve stone, nerve stone. No toes, no ankles, no foot. But yeah, but but my brother, he before you got in his car, you knocked off your feet. You know what I'm saying? And then as he got older, you know, he got other cars and all that stuff. I'll never forget that first car that he bought cost a hundred and fifty dollars. Man, it was a stick shift too. And he drove that thing with pride, you know. And um, it, it's, it's taking what we got, man, and making the best of it. And then when we get something that's real good, making it last. Because you realize that if we got to put that work in, when we finally get where we where we supposed to be at, you can't you ain't gonna lose it that fast. There's a whole lot of people, man. I see these wrestlers come in 19, 20, 21, 22 years old, and they get a rocket put up their butt, and they put on TV, and they get this and that, and the third. And they think that's the way this thing works. And they don't realize how spoiled or how lucky they are. You know what I'm saying? And they lose it fast. But you get somebody that, that worked the indies and worked from the bottom to the top, and then they get that opportunity. You're like, man, you know, I worked hard to get here. I'm not going to mess up. I'm not going to get in no damn scandal or do something to mess my name up. You know what I'm right. saying? I'm going to stay here for a while, you know? And so that's it. I'm going to stop before I end up talking about something else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet you Ken's got another question. Nope. Look. Yeah. <laughs> Look, Ken. Ken kept talking to me about it. Yeah, man. You know, I, I wrestled Caprice Coleman one time. You know, twice. 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 Oh, two times. Twice. Yeah. 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 Go ahead. What? You, uh, were you tagging with Hang Time or something? One time y'all doing like a clown thing. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, and then another time too. Yeah. Man, I remember all that stuff, man. I don't forget nobody, man. I got love for everybody, man. So yeah. That's what's but, up. Yeah. That's good. Even stuff. even uh is that I thought y'all was about to ask something about the speaking out thing or something, but I guess y'all <laughs> hey. hey, I was look <laughs> <laughs> on it you yeah. know i mean if you want to if you want to throw something out there you know. uh, here, here's my thing with the speaking out and, and here uh, this is all i'm going to say uh because it, it really it really messed me up honestly because I, I know i know a lot of the people they were talking about and all that stuff and then i know them now and a lot of stuff that they're speaking out on the stuff that happened in the past mm -hmm. here's my only advice <clears throat> in this sport you have the opportunity to go from a nobody to a local celebrity to the king of your world to possibly the king of the world. 
And the worst thing you can do is when you get to a status that's higher than, you know, a nobody, you get a local celebrity or the king of your world, and you get like a God mentality to where you feel like you can do whatever you want to do. Because <clears throat> this world is showing you, man, you know, this, this, a lot of the stuff that, that is happening to a lot of these stars today and all this stuff is not stuff they did yesterday. You know, it's stuff they did years ago before they became who they are. Right. And but it but but it happened at a time to where they were they were somebody to somebody. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And and they took advantage of a situation and took people for granted. You know, I, I, one thing I will say there's no such thing as a ring rat. You know what I'm saying? And the reason why I say that is if you hear a lot of these female stories, you know, <clears throat> their story starts off as I was a big wrestling fan. You know, and as being a big wrestling fan, there was an organization that was 30 miles down the road that ran shows every month. I couldn't wait to go there because I was a huge wrestling fan. Mm -hmm. You know, one of, the, one of the wrestlers saw me there and he asked me out. Can you imagine being asked out by a pro wrestler? You know what I'm saying? So you, you being asked out by a pro wrestler and then this pro wrestler, is, you know, you thinking you're dating this dude and he's taking advantage of you and you don't realize it until... <clears throat> years later when you when you're not blind anymore and you realize man this guy had me doing this this guy had me doing that and i was doing this and i was barking like a dog and i was limping on the toe and i you, you know what i'm saying yeah, yeah. And, and, yeah. And, and 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 i mean and at the time you know you don't even see it you know what i'm saying i did this and he hit me and he did this and he did that and he did this and but you was willing to eat it up because because that person was willing to eat it up because they saw you as the star that you were going to be. You know what I'm saying? And then that, that star gets away with it, and they make it a habit. And then once they make it a habit, you know, enough, they end up making that trail yep. to where that, that God complex makes them feel like they're untouchable. And you, you hear very popular people say that, I could do whatever I want. I can grab them by the so-and-so if I want to. That's a mentality. <laughs> yep. That's a little, bruh, I'm, I say that because I know y'all can relate. Y'all know who I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, but it's a real mentality to where people get to a point of power to where they feel untouchable. But in the wrestling uh, realm, you can get to that mentality a whole lot faster than these millionaires because you're in a place where you're used to wrestling in front of 30, 50 people, and now you're wrestling in front of 150 people, and these people are saying your name and you're a star or whatever like that. So it happens to us a lot faster. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. and, and the worst thing you can do is, is take those situations and and um and you mess it up, man. You mess over these people and then you end up really becoming somebody and they be like, Hold up, remember me? Mm. <laughs> yep, yep. Exactly. <clears throat> and, and and that and that's what happens, man, you know? And so yeah, that's that's my whole thing about the speaking out thing, man. And nobody's you know, uh nobody's safe with that. You know, nobody was safe with that. And so I, I just feel like, you know, you always, when you step into that arena, even before the show, after the show, you're at work, man. You're a professional, you know, and, and you and you got to understand that because if you lose sight of that and you end up doing stuff, you know, taking advantage of people and all that stuff, man, that stuff will come back. That stuff will come back. Man. So that's, that's my that's my speaking out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Legit, legit. So, do you have any more? Let's let's bring it back up. <laughs> bring it back up. Uh, do you have when when the pandemic ends, if when whenever it ends, 
Do you have plans to to get back in the ring with Ring of Honor, or do you plan on sticking and staying in the uh, commentator role? I stay in shape. I, I call my I, I'm, I got just in case muscles. You know, just, just just in case just in case they want me to come out and do right. something. I, I'm I feel like Clark Kent. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Legit. Oh, you want me? Oh, you want me? Hold on a second. Hold on a second. <laughs> I'm ready right now. I was already ready already. Yeah, I'm already ready. I just I was just waiting on you. I was waiting on you. You know. Uh, so, and but but here's the thing with that man. You know, if they want me to do that, I can do it. You know, if they want me to stay where I'm at, I can do it. You know, I'm just blessed to be in position to where to have those options. Right. You know, and, and my advice to up and coming athletes or whatever is is try to be a person with options, man, because if your if your paycheck is is dependent on on one thing, you know what I'm saying? And I, I believe this world is a world of multiple streams of income anyway. You know what I'm saying? But like you gotta make sure that, that you have a plan A, plan B, plan C. You know what I'm saying? And um it, it sounds it sounds easier than than it is. It's not easy. You know what I'm saying? But that's that's just the way it is. And so God has blessed me, man, to where I've been allowed to fall in these positions. But one thing I can say that I did do is I never said no. You know what I'm saying? They asked me if I wanted to do this. I was like, yeah, I'll try it. Yeah, i try it. You want to give me an opportunity to do it? Yeah, i try it. And I, I said, say this. I got a lot of friends, man, when I was growing up, <clears throat> they'd be working at Hardee's or working at Wendy's or whatever like that. And, and, and you probably heard somebody say the same thing. Man, so-and-so asked me if I wanted to be assistant manager. Man, I ain't trying to be no manager, man. <laughs> yep. I ain't trying to do all that. They trying to give me all that work. They trying to give you the opportunity. Yep. You know what I'm saying? But I ain't trying to be. They think I'm going to be a snitch and they think I'm going to be this. Okay, well, you just messed up your own opportunity. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I'm the type of person, you give me that opportunity. If I if I think you give me an opportunity, I don't believe the Lord is going to offer you an opportunity without giving you the ability to be able to walk through the opportunity. And then, too... You know, the world is a tight place, man. If you say yes, the world has doors that open up for you, man. Yeah. You know, you got to, you put that work in, you put that foot forward, people you don't even know. You're like, hey, man, I saw you doing this, doing that, and the third, man. I, I want to give you some advice on this, or I want to help you out this way, or let me do that. That's just the way the world works, man. You know, but but if you don't open that up, it'll never come to you, and you'll be, you know, stuck in that little box. You feel me? Right. Yep, yep, yep. Legit, legit. So, so we are going to. I guess we're gonna. You want to wrap it up? Yeah. Yes. Yes, indeed. So, definitely, it's a pleasure, and honor to have Mr. Caprice Coleman on the show. Do you have any social media so so people your people can reach out to you if they want to? You know what oh saying? man, I'm, I'm 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 like God playing hide and go seek. <laughs> I'm easy to find, hard to get lost. You feel me? I'm on Caprice Coleman on all platforms. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Caprice Coleman. You know, I tried TikTok. I, I don't get it. <laughs> that, that's showing my age. That's showing my age. Because it's like, you, you copy what other people are doing. It's like, why? Wow, they did it good. Let them yeah. do it. But, it, <laughs> but, um, but, hey, it is what it is, you know. But, like, Caprice Coleman, man, I'm easy to find. You know, I'm easy to find. So uh, that's it. Yo, that's what's up. Well, I am the radio rock star, G Money. And of course, I am Mr. Magnificent. 
J five. What? Okay. You kept it short, boy. I thought he was about to say. Yeah, I was. I'm ready to get snacking. Wait for all that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so look, man. You know what this is? It's the Smash Mad Podcast. Make sure you follow us on social media. You know we are on, on Facebook. Smash. The mats smash space the space mat. We got the smash the mat discussion group. Shout out to uh black wrestling fans, nation of African American wrestling, the BWO, uh, all the groups we're in wrestling fans are us. Shout out to uh, no, actually, uh, follow us on Instagram, smash the mat podcast on Twitter, it's smash the mat pod. We're on YouTube, smash the mat podcast. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? If you got yourself a Roku, remember that we are producing a TV show for King Network TV that's dropping in October. So you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Make sure you check that out if you got that Roku action. We're on BlackPlanet.com. We're on Astronauts Anonymous. Farmers We're on only. Farmers Only. You know what I'm saying? We're on TicTacToe.com. Baby, you know we everywhere. We don't play. We don't play. Oh, and there's no BS podcast about to come to Amazon. Yeah, I just I just saw that Amazon Music is adding podcasts. You could already catch us on our uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher. We're on we're on Spotify. We're on TuneIn Radio. We're on Pocket Cast, Overcast. We're on I don't know what whatever the hell they out there. <laughs> you know what it is. We everywhere. You know, got me, man. It just was said we on astronauts. It just was, I was, got astronauts listening to you. <laughs> they in space right now. Listen, astronauts anonymous. You know what I'm saying? Oh. We don't play. We don't know who they are, but they listen. We don't know who the hell they are. We don't know where they at, but we know they listen. Look, they already know you worldwide. Now you about to be intergalactic out here. Oh my god, my <laughs> oh, man. I dig it, man. Hey, y'all do that, bro. That's what's up, man. That's good. That's good. Indeed. That's good. We appreciate yeah. you. Thank we you, sir. It. Thank you so much for for taking time to speak with us. You know what I'm saying? Finally, right, <laughs> yeah. bro. Look. Oh, before we get on, let let let. I, we gotta tell the people. We were supposed to do this interview. What was about to do like back in May? Yeah, or April or May. And then it was. Well, I'm glad you. And honestly, I'm glad you didn't do it back in May. Yeah, man. Look, first something yeah. happened with us, then something happened with him, and then something happened with us again, and then us again. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't like, been, I wouldn't even been on the show. I yeah, see, that's true. Look at that. God, look at God. Look at God. God work that thing out. Look at God. 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 Got us four and a hamster. That was good, man. That, was, that worked out perfect. <laughs> Yo, you already know, man. Make sure you keep it locked, man. We out here. It's the Smash the Bat Podcast. This is Nice Sick Eddie Brown. The man, the myth, kind of the legend. But I'm getting to that point. And you're listening to Smash the Mat. This is Flex Simmons, the greatest physique in professional wrestling and the future of honor. And you are listening to Smash the Mat Podcast. Hey, everybody. This is a Caribbean tiger, the man you love to hate. So please follow Smash the Mat Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Take care.